0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of our campuses, Banta, Franklin, Garfield Park, if you're joining us uh, at Seymour, if you're joining us here at Greenwood, watching online, if you're joining us at one of our microsites, we want to say welcome to you. Can we give it up to all of our locations today? Great to be with you here today. If it's not your first time, you come all the time, welcome back to you uh, as well. Uh, It's good to be back. Jackie and I were out of town. Last week, we went down to Lynchburg, Virginia uh, to see our two boys. We have a a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old that are down at Liberty, a junior and freshman there. Uh, Had a fantastic time, rich time just hanging out with our kids. Uh, If you've got some younger kids and you want to send them to college one day, Liberty's a great place uh, to go. But if they do go there, tell them that I sent you so that they'll take some money off some tuition for us. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, So, but Ruby went with us, I'm just joking. Ruby went with us and she's thinking about going to college there as well next year. So we might have three there, it's very exciting. Uh, But yeah, it's great to be back, so awesome. I watched the message from Lynchburg last week. I watched Pastor Matt's message uh, last week. I was able to go to Banta and hang out there for a little bit in Garfield Park two weeks ago. Uh, Just a great time. And so we, if you're brand new, we are wrapping up a series today called Traveling Light. We've been talking about this idea that along the journey of life, We all carry a bag and there's some essential things in that bag that we need for life, some skills and some materials. and, And then there's other things that we tend to carry along that we're not designed to carry that make life very cumbersome, very difficult for ourselves and for the people around us. And so this series has really been about letting go of some of those things that we're not designed to carry. We talked about worry in week number one. We're not designed to carry worry. Pastor Matt talked about bitterness and how we need to let go of bitterness because it crushes us. We need to forgive those people in our life. And then last week, Pastor Cody talked about letting go of insecurity. We are not designed to carry this around in our life, but many of us do. Didn't they do a great job the last two weeks, our campus pastors? Fantastic. What a blessing they are to our church. And so today I want to talk to you about this last thing. Of course, there's a lot more stuff we need to let go. This series could be like 15 weeks long, but we're not going to do that. We'll do four weeks. I want to talk to you about one more thing. I really feel like we need to let go on this journey of life because we're not designed to carry it, and that is envy, envy. I've never done a sermon about letting go of this brick, this thing that we tend to carry around called Envy. What is envy? Let me give you a definition so that you can have a target of what we're shooting for. Envy is sadness over someone else's success. Sadness over someone else's success. Thomas Aquinas is an old, dead philosopher, theologian. I really like his stuff. Here's what he said about, about envy. He said, Envy is irrational anger at the success of other, others anger, sadness at the success of others. I remember when I was about nine years old, uh, maybe 10. I had, I had two older brothers. My, old, my middle brother was about a year and a half older than me, or still is, um, and uh, he was a phenomenal athlete. He was this incredible uh, soccer player, baseball player. He was one of those kids that, you know, had a mustache at 12. <laughs> Anybody have a sibling like this or a friend? Like, like, he had hair growing on his knuckles when he was like 13, you know? It's like, What's wrong with you, dude? Uh, so, but he was like this super athlete. He was like one of one of the best goalies uh, on Staten Island. I grew up in Staten Island, New York, and so uh, he got asked to be on this travel team, and they would go all over the place, all over New York, to play soccer. Then they were they were so good, they got asked to travel and go to different states. And so I remember one particular time they were going to a tournament. I believe it was in Texas. I can't remember. And we our family had never been on an airplane before, and never even been to the airport. So I remember going to the airport. I'm the younger brother the car and my brother's getting ready to get on an airplane, and, and and I just remember sitting in the car like mad, just angry. You know, here's my my stupid brother getting to go to the airport, right? Getting to go on an airplane, getting to go to travel to play soccer. And we get to the airport, and my mind is blown. You know, We're seeing these planes take off. We go into the airport. I've seen this, this hallway. I've never seen a hallway so long in my entire life. I'm like, all these people, planes landing, planes taking off. And I was so upset and so angry over the situation because I had to get home. I had to get in the car and go home and watch my brother get on an airplane. And I believe, and I got to ask my mom about this later, I believe I cried the whole way home. No, no, don't, 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 don't say that. Because it was envy. Why does he get to do that? How come he gets to fly on a plane? Well, how can I, why can't I fly on a plane? Envy, sadness, irrational anger over the success of others. Someone that's doing better than you financially. Someone that is better looking than you, has nicer hair than you, nicer purses than you, nicer fingernails than you, bigger biceps than you. We tend to become envious of people who have more than us or they're ahead of us or they get to do things or they get promotions or... You getting the feel of what envy is? It's this toxic emotion that is triggered or created by the success of other people. It is nasty. In fact, I've been told uh, that the idea of uh, the phrase green with envy comes from, the, from from Shakespeare. Now, I was one of those kids in high school that never touched Shakespeare. <laughs> Anybody else? Didn't even get the cliff notes. Like, I don't understand this. <laughs> But someone told me that, that the, the, the phrase green with envy comes from, the, from, from Shakespeare. We, you've heard it, right? Oh, she's green with envy. He's green with envy. The color green is associated with what? Sickness. Have you ever sent this emoji to somebody? <laughs> right? Green and sickness go together. Envy is a sickness. And it eats you alive. Who are we envious of? Well, if envy invades your heart, anyone's up for grabs. A brother, a sister, a spouse. Some people are so envious of their husband or their wife that they can't even speak a kind word to them. It's crazy. I've seen parents envious of their children, children envious of their parents, friends envious of friends. Celebrities, we're envious of strangers, we're envious of of anyone in our, in our vision that is ahead of us or doing better than us. Everyone is fair game when envy invades your heart. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, come on. Envy is, is, is not that big of a deal. Everybody's a little envious about, about, you know, from something, from somebody. Is it a big deal? Well, We've probably all heard John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? You've heard that before, right? (laughs) Many of us haven't heard what Jesus's brother said, James. James 3.16, not John 3.16, James 3.16. Let's look at it. For where you have, say it with me, envy and selfish ambition there in that spot where selfish ambition and envy collide or or cross over that's the place where you will find disorder and watch this every evil practice whoa that's a big deal every evil practice well think about it with me some of you have worked in environments maybe it's in a school or maybe it's in an office or maybe it's been on a team or maybe it's your home where there's been a ton of jealousy, by the way, jealousy, envy, they're kind of the same thing. There's been a ton of envy, ton of jealousy. What happens in an environment like that? Don't people start to gossip and slander each other? Don't they start to talk behind each other's back? Don't they start to, you know, kind of withhold help? They stop thinking and doing what's best for other people, right? Don't this, isn't there some sort of manipulation or passive aggressiveness or lying and deception? Have you worked in an environment like this? Have you grown up in a home like this? People start to sabotage one another. They start to, here's, here's what happens when there's a, in a culture of envy, when envy has invaded a person's heart, we start to think and hope that the other person sprains an ankle, gets appendicitis, fails the test, misses the jump shot. Have you felt it? It is a sickness in the human soul. We start to will the other person to fail. Why? Because they're ahead of us. They might get the promotion. They might get the reward. They might get the position. They might get the recognition. And so secretly, behind the scenes, this, this nasty green disease is, is forming in our soul and, it's, and, and it begins to develop this, this wishful thinking, this hope that other people will fail. And then it gets even worse than that. It moves into this area, if we're not careful, where we desire that person who's ahead of us, to die. And we might even begin to contemplate killing them. They say, Pastor Danny, come on. I'm not gonna kill anybody. I'm just a little envious of her body and his biceps and their car and his house. I would never kill them, really. Okay. Are you better than King Saul? King Saul was a godly man. King Saul spoke and prophesied King Saul was chosen by God, but yet when he brought David into his, into his entourage, into his military for, you know, command, and he sent David out to fight against the Philistines, David was massively successful, and, and he was victorious in all the battles, and one day when David came home from one of, the, one of his military battles, all of the women in Jerusalem sang the song, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, he's killed his tens of thousands, First Samuel chapter 18. And all of a sudden, Saul hears this song and he gets angry and he says to himself, the next thing I know, they're going to want to make David king and replace me. And in 1 Samuel chapter 18, it says this, from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And not later in chapter 18, he takes his javelin and he tries to kill David twice by pinning him to the wall. He was unsuccessful, so later on he chases David out of the kingdom and gathers up his military force of strongest men and he hunts David down like a dog trying to kill him in the wilderness. Why? Envy. Instead of celebrating David, instead of thinking to himself, man, we've got a guy here that can win the the Lord's battles and and now we're going to be successful. No, he becomes jealous and he wants to kill him. Let me ask you a question. Why did Cain kill Abel? First story in the Bible. You know, the first family in the Bible. See, we think these days that dysfunctional, the word dysfunctional family is like a new thing. Oh, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Tell me a family that's not dysfunctional. The first family in the Bible. Adam and Eve's kids. Abel offers an offering to God. God accepts it. Cain offers something to God. God rejects it. What happens? Cain becomes envious of Abel. And what does he do? One day they're out in the field. He kills his brother. You talk about dysfunctional. He murders his brother. Why? Envy. Let me ask you a question. Why did Joseph's brothers throw him in the pit and eventually sell him into slavery? Why did they do that? Because remember, Joseph's daddy made him a special coat, didn't he? This beautiful coat. And, and the knucklehead Joseph, he was sort of a knucklehead. He was only 17. He's wearing the coat around. I'm like, look at my coat. Daddy didn't make you one, did he? You know. Oh, by the way, I had this dream one time where you guys are going to bow down to me. What a dope. Of course they became jealous. Of course they became envious. And here's what they said to themselves. Let's kill that dude. Are you better than Joseph's brothers? Are you better than Saul? Are you better than Cain? I'm not. Have you come to the point in your life where you you, you know your own darkness and you know that you could kill someone? Are you better than Moses? Moses killed somebody. You say, "This man, I didn't realize envy was such a big deal. It is a huge deal. Wherever you find envy and selfish ambition, there in that spot you'll find chaos and every evil practice. And that is why I'm telling you, we have got to get it out of our lives. We've got to rid ourselves of this thing. So what I want to do is talk to you about some ideas that have really helped me to purge this out of my life. They've really helped me. I hope that they'll help you. They're from the scriptures. And I I just hope that you guys read the Bible and you draw stuff out of the Bible uh, and apply it to your life. Let's get at it. How do we get rid of evil out of our lives? Well, here's how we do it. Number one, we have got to, what is number one? (laughs) Let's look at number one. We have got to accept that life is not fair. We've got to accept that life is not fair. Little brain cramp there. Sorry. We've got to accept that life is not fair. What do I mean by that? Well, in our culture today, in our culture today, there's a huge emphasis on fairness, and things have got to be fair, and everything's got to, everybody's got to have the same, and equality, and, and 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 all this. All this is a big value in our culture today, and this taught to our kids in the culture and in the schools that it's got to be fair, everything's got to be fair, and 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 then and then. Here's, what's, here's the problem with that. As our kids get older, they come to, to, to face reality and, and, and in reality they get their first job and their coworker uh, gets paid more than them or gets the promotion before them. And then they're disappointed because everything that they've taught, been taught in school, and the culture, they, that now they're facing reality and and they find that it's not true, and then they feel like some injustice has taken place. Now, wait a second. Everyone's supposed to get a trophy. Because I've been, I've been getting trophies my whole life. Now you're not giving me a trophy. You gave one to him. Where's my? Where's my raise? Where's my promotion? So you see the problem with fairness? It sets people up for devastation. Life is not fair. Students... Middle school students, high school students, your parents have been trying to teach you this. They've been trying to say, hey, life isn't fair. I want to double down on what they're saying and repeat them, affirm them, life is not fair. It never has been, and it never will be. say, so where does the Bible teach that? Well, Jesus was teaching one time, Matthew chapter 25. He was saying, hey, here's how the kingdom is set up. The kingdom is set up in a situation like this. Like this. Uh, a home, a land owner, a business owner leaves and, and for, he's gone for a long time and he entrusts his workers with with certain with his money different portions of money listen to what he says he says he gave five bags of silver to one he gave two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last now if jesus were to put this on twitter today or facebook today he would get torn apart now wait a second jesus how dare you give someone five bags and this guy two, and this guy one. That is not fair, that is not right, that is not equal. How could you do that? Jesus would get torn apart in our culture today for this. Why does Jesus give them different amounts of money? Here's why. He divided it according to their abilities or in proportion to their abilities. I'm going to throw something at you today. It, it, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a hard truth to swallow. So I'm going I'm to um, sort of warn you like this is a trigger warning, okay? So take a deep breath. I think you can handle it. You ready for this? Okay. Everybody ready? Take a deep breath. Some people are better than you. <laughs> Some people are smarter than you. Faster than you, prettier than you, more creative than you. Some people have different abilities than you. And Jesus says, here's how the kingdom works. Based on your ability, you're going to get a different amount of money. That's how the real world works. Does that make sense? There are people that are better than you. So this kind of sets you free. Like when you see somebody getting more money, don't assume that something's unfair. Assume that they have a different ability. Like think about this Shaquille O'Neal has made a lot of money in his life. Do you agree? He's still making money. He's going to be making money for a long time. Shaq is seven foot one, 300 pounds. Here's a photo of Shaq. Now I don't know who this lady is, but I'm assuming she's important. But I do know who Phil Jackson is. Phil Jackson's a pretty important dude. He's like 6'9", right? His wingspan's like seven feet. He's got these crazy long arms. But Shaq towers Phil. He's seven foot one, 300 pounds. Would it make any sense for me, I love basketball, love to, play, wish I could have played in the NBA. Would it, be, would it make any sense for me at all to be envious of Shaq? Does that even, that's why I love Thomas Aquinas' definition. Envy is irrational anger over someone else's success. It would be totally irrational for me to be like, oh, man, I can't believe Shaq won all those rings and made all that money. Should have been me. I'm not seven one. i I'm not 300 pounds. It doesn't even make sense for me to, to, I don't have the same, watch this, abilities that Shaq has. Now, Shaq may be envious of me because I make free throws. <laughs> But that's his not issue, not mine. Maybe he needs to listen to this sermon. <laughs> when I look at somebody that is doing really good, just crushing it, way past me, I don't think, oh, "How come?" I think, "Man, they are gifted." They have leveraged their abilities. Here's what the Bible teaches in James chapter one. Again, this is Jesus's brother. Every good and perfect gift, ability, skill set, intellect, whatever it is, is from where? Above. So when you're envious of someone, you're really upset with God. Why did you bless them so much and you didn't give me that? Like, are, really? You want to get into that argument? God does what God wants to do. And he doesn't ask you about it, Right. It comes from above, coming down from the Father of Heavenly Lights, who does not change, like shifting sand or shifting shadows. Here, here somebody came to me a couple of years ago, and they said, "Hey, uh, you know that Stephen Furtick guy? Have you ever, guys ever heard of Stephen Furtick? Anybody? Pastor and small church down in uh, Charlotte, not actually. This guy came to me, and he said, he said, hey Stephen Furtick, he's younger than you, and his church is like twice as large, and and they're doing. Are you envious of him?'" And I said, what? what? What are you talking about? That, like when I think of Stephen Furtick, I think, man, he, what an incredible ability that guy has to communicate and to lead and create systems and build launch campuses. Let's go learn from him. Let's go hear what he has to say. It never even occurred to me to think, now, why is their church three times the size as ours? Why can't I communicate like him? Blah, blah, blah. Why? Because every good and perfect gift comes from where? Above, from the Father. I say to myself, wow, it's so awesome that you blessed Shaq the way you did or that you blessed Ferdick the way they, they leveraged their gifts. Here's where you and I need to focus. We need to focus not on the gifts of others, but on the gifts that he's given us and how do we leverage our abilities. That's where our mind and heart has to be. Does that make sense? Yes or no? So number one, number one, we've gotta realize that life is not fair. Number two, number two, we've gotta recognize that everyone has major problems. Everyone has major problems, <clears throat> okay? What do I mean by that? The person that you're tempted to envy or the person that you're envying is screwed up. They really are, yeah, really. So here, here's, here's, what, here's what happens. We get on uh, Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or whatever and, 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 and we look at people's posts and what do we see? We see a bunch of lies. That's what we see. What is on that? What is on this stupid thing? Everyone's best foot forward. Everyone's it's been said everyone's highlights. Take the picture again. Take the picture again. Take it again. Take it again. Take it again. The light's not right. My face is my eyes are my hair my lips. Blah, 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 blah. Take it again. It's got to look perfect so that I can post it so everyone can look and go like, "Oh." It's garbage. I don't even look at this thing because it's all fake. Why don't people post a picture of how their closet looks <laughs> or what their kitchen looks after they eat a meal? It's disgusting. That's why they don't post it because everyone's a mess. Everyone's a screw up. Everyone's got major problems. Everyone has a major pain. The problem is we look on social media and it looks like everybody's doing, killing it. They're crushing it. They, trust me, they are not crushing it the way you think they are. And if they are crushing it in one area, they have an area in their life that is a total disaster. Here's what Job said, Job chapter 14. Mortals born of woman are few days and full of, say it with me, trouble. Every person alive today has major trouble. Every person who's going through this life has a bag and they're carrying it around and they got stuff in it. And if you really could open it up, if they would let you open it up, here's what you would find. A bag of trash. <laughs> I promise you, every single person, the person you're envying has got trash. I'm tell- it's just everything. Everything, cups, plates, food, gross stuff, rotting food. I mean, it's just endless I've been listening and reading Jordan Peterson stuff and I know he's a controversial guy on YouTube, but he's super smart. I don't agree with everything he says, but he's super smart. He said this, you don't know what burdens the people you are jealous of are carrying. So true. Everybody is carrying stuff, crazy stuff, trashy stuff. I mean, look at this. You don't know if you're gonna dig into somebody's life and find find this. Some people are really screwed up. Every chance I get, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're having fun today. Don't, 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 miss, don't miss my point, don't miss my point. I promise you, I, I've talked to enough people over the years that I thought, man, I thought you were killing it. I thought it just major pain addictions, divorces, family members who are, who are just crazy. Just If you could see the hand that the people are holding that you're envious of, if you could see the whole picture, you would say to yourself, I would never trade places with them. Please receive that today because it's so true. And it'll set you free. It'll let you get rid of this thing called envy. Don't be fooled by Instagram. Do not be fooled by Facebook. People are posting their highlights, not reality. And then, number three, perhaps the most important, is remember who you are. Remember who you are. This is, I'm going to talk to believers today. If you're not a believer today, our hope is that you'd become one. But I want to talk to those of you who place your faith in Jesus. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, raise your hand today. Oh, so exciting. You know what that means? That means that you are a child of God, you are a son. Or daughter of God. Listen to what John wrote in 1 John chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished, poured out. Think Niagara Falls just coming down upon. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called, say it with me, children of God. And then he says this. And that is what we are. the, The most important thing about you at the core deep down inside of you that defines you and speaks to your identity is that you are daughter of God, you are son of God. Have you ever thought deep and long about that truth? It would change your life. What does that mean? Well, Jackie and I have three kids, uh, Andrew, Bow, and Ruby, 21, 19, and 17. I think I got that right. (laughs) (laughs) And here's what it means for us, like our kids, like we have children and you have, many of you have children. It means that when I die, when Jackie dies, they get it all, whatever we have. Unless I decide to give it to somebody else. But there are heirs, that's the word. And you know, the Bible teaches that that's true for you. The same thing is true for normal children, healthy, regular children, is true for the children of God, that you are an heir. Listen to what Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says. Now, if we are children, and John says that's what we are, sons and daughters, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, which begs the question, if I'm an heir, what does God own? What does he own? everything. It's all his. Everything on this planet belongs to him. At best, it's on loan to us, a lease. What about the universe? Does he own it all? And the size of the universe is beyond our human capacity to understand. And it's still expanding, scientists say. And he owns it all. The billions and billions and trillions of stars out there, they all belong to God. And then Paul says, we are heirs. We're sitting on a massive inheritance. There's a star out in outer space. It's called a super uh, red, red super something. I can't remember the name of it. (laughs) Um, It's so big, this star. They say it's the largest star that they've found so far that it would take... 8.7 8.7 seconds for light. Now, light travels at 186,000 miles an hour. Can you imagine a star so big that it would take light almost nine seconds to do one rotation around this star? Okay, if that doesn't capture how big this star is, think about, think about it like this. Our fastest plane on planet Earth the fastest plane you can think of, it would take 500 years for our fastest plane to go around this star one time. If you took this star, that's how big this star is, and you put it in the place of our sun, where our sun currently sits, it would absorb everything out to Saturn's orbit. That's how big this star is. Who owns that star? Just one. And you're an heir to the owner. listen to what Paul says in verse 32. Since he did not spare his own son, which is way more important than any star or universe or whatever, right? Jesus is it. Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give, say with me, everything else? It's like a rhetorical question. The answer is of course. When you die, you inherit everything that God owns. You say, well, there's billions and billions of believers. How's He going to divide it all up? Well, probably according to abilities. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff to divide. You are sitting on a massive inheritance. What, what, what value is, is it to, 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 if that's true, to sit back today and, and get on Facebook and be like, oh, I wish I had her hair. I wish I had his car. I wish I had a family like theirs. Or I wish I was married. or I wish I was divorced. or I wish I was... You're sitting on trillions and trillions of, I don't even know what. Paul, the apostle, he said this. He let it slip out in one of his letters. He said, one day, the children of God will judge angels judge angels. If an angel showed up right now in this building, we would all probably fall down and worship it because of its beauty and magnitude. And Paul says, oh, 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 you're going to oversee legions of angels and cities. And here we are being envious of each other's, you know, biceps and golf scores and cars. It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. So what have I said today? Envy is this sickness. It gets inside of you and it it creates a hell on earth. James put it like this. He said, where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is is disorder in every evil practice. In other words, when when you allow envy to enter your heart, there'll be hell to pay. We've got to get rid of this thing. We've got to understand that life is not fair we got to understand that everybody's got trash in their life. There's nobody out there that you think, oh, my gosh, they're crushing in every area. They're not. They're not. Trust me. And we got to remember who we are as children of God. When we do that, we can step into a space. It's so, I can't say that I'm always in this space, but I've, I've felt it, where you can rejoice when your brother gets to go on an airplane and play soccer in a different state. And you could be like, "Wow, dude, that's so awesome. You got to tell me all about it. I want to know how many goals you save. I want to know what it's like to be in that plane. I want to know what it's like when you get back. You can be happy for people when they succeed. You're in an office and one of your coworkers gets a promotion. Man, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. That's incredible. You're going to be able to, you know, lead that department. You're on a, on a team and, 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 your, and your teammate gets put in the game before you. Man, I'm so happy for you. You got in the game. I'd rather be that kind of person than the person who's sitting there going, gosh, I wish you'd screw up so that you'd get fired. Gosh, I wish you'd sprain your ankles so the coach would put me in. I don't want to be that guy. Do you? Do you? This week I was at the gym and this guy comes up to me and he says, man, I I was so disappointed last Sunday when I walked in because I saw that you weren't preaching. I was like, oh man, Pastor Danny's not preaching. He said, but then I stayed and I started listening to Cody and man, he crushed it. He did awesome. Then he said this, it was one of the best messages I've ever heard in my life. and there was the moment (laughs) was I going to be King Saul or was I going to respond the way Christ would respond I said to the guy man that's so cool I'm so glad that God has gifted Cody that way and that he could give the message and change your life like that I said I'm going to tell him that you told me that And I went back and I told Cody and this is all of us. Are we gonna be that guy, that girl, that green with envy or are we gonna rejoice when other people succeed? I wanna be that guy, how about you? Will you let go of envy? You have to if you wanna be that person. If you wanna live the life that Jesus has called you to live, you gotta let go of envy, not just envy, but you gotta let go of insecurity bitterness, worry. If you want to step into eternal life and abundant life, I hope that you will. You see, God has a beautiful life plan for all of us as children of God. And some of you are kind of getting a taste of that. You're sniffing it out. You're like, what's going on here? You're just talking about a quality of life. I thought church was about like going to heaven when you die. It is, it is. It is but it's also about this beautiful life that you're supposed to live right now. A life free of insecurity, bitterness, worry, envy, lust. We could do a 15 week series. He said, I want in on that. Well, it's not that hard to get in, to become a child of God. In fact, John said it like this. He said, yet to all who did receive him, receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, To those ones, he gave the right to become children of God. It's not that hard to opt in on eternal life and abundant life. You simply have to receive Christ. You have to put your faith in him. He did it all. You were separated from God because of your sin. And there's no way you could get yourself out of that. It was a debt that you couldn't pay. No amount of righteous living could could overcome that problem. And that's why Jesus came. He came to die on a cross, to bridge that gap, to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself, to pay the debt you could not pay. And he dies in your place, pays for your sin, rises again three days later to wash away guilt, shame, the penalty of sin, the penalty of death. And what you have to do is receive him and believe him. Not join a church, not become religious. I don't like religion. I don't even like church. I like our church. (laughs) I'm talking about a relationship with Christ. Will you trust him today? Will you put your faith in him today? Will you ask him to forgive your sin and be your savior? I hope that you will. I'm gonna say a simple prayer. It's a prayer a child can pray. Take these words and make them your own. Reach out to Christ today. Ask him to be your savior. Just say this to him. Dear Jesus, I believe you died in my place, paid for my sin, canceled the debt, Wash me, cleanse me, make me your child. I receive you today, I reach out in faith. I ask you to be my savior. I enter in to eternal life. Make me your child today. And from this day forward, teach me to let go of envy, insecurity, bitterness, worry, lust, anger, so that I might live the life you have planned for me, a life filled with joy, a life filled with peace, strength, love. Thank you for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to celebrate with you, don't we? Amen. We've actually put together a little starter kit. We call it a save box. Inside this box, there is a a cup, a coffee cup to say congratulations. There's a Bible, uh, which is way more important than the coffee cup, (laughs) Um, and then some instructions on how to get connected to the church, baptism, small group. If you text the word SAVE to 65248, you can grab one of these out at the information desk uh, at your campus. If you're watching online, give us a little bit more information we'll send one to you in the mail. One more time, church, can we give God glory? Amen. Hey, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to dismiss to the local teams and they are, we're going to receive and participate in the dollar club. So don't run out just yet. We really want to bless this one family that is in need. All we're asking is for $1. Uh, it's something we've done in the past. It's a huge blessing. So I'm going to pray and then we'll go ahead and do that. Father, we love you. Thank you for this series. God, help us to let go of the stuff we're not designed to carry. Whether that's insecurity, worry, whether that's bitterness, whether that's envy, whatever it is. Let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run the race that you've put in front of us with perseverance. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless.